0: Hello and welcome to eCommerce Growth Stories. This is your hostess with the mostess Juliana Jackson, a.k.a. the CLV lady. And also, I am the chief evangelist for OmniConvert. And this is Valentin Radu, CEO of OmniConvert. Thank you for tuning in today for a new episode of eCommerce Growth Stories. Do you like snooping around? I know I do. I don't know, did you ever wonder what Sony uses to power their e-commerce business, or Coca-Cola, or Motorola, or other big names in uh, e-commerce and retail? Well, today the secret is gonna be revealed. And I am talking about Vitex. Vitex is the first and only fully integrated commerce marketplace and OMS solution that offers fastest time to revenue and no upgrades, like ever. So if you're an e-commerce brand and you're looking to find a software that can really become a powerhouse to your business, providing you the best go-to-market speed, flexibility, daily updates and reports, and overall platform stability and agility, you really have to check these guys out. So make sure you go to visit vtex.com. That's vtex.com today. And give that e-commerce business the boost. In the episode today, I'm talking to Jordan Garner from Mulberry Technology. She's the Vice President of Strategic Partnerships. So the reason why I chose to speak to a vendor in this episode is because Mulberry Technology has some amazing innovation when it comes to product warranty which is a layer of customer experience that is not talked about enough in direct-to-consumer. So I invited her over to tell me a bit more about uh, the the product that they have. So just, you know, tune in today, learn more about how they are innovating the space for warranties and uh, safety of shopping online. And I think it's it's a really cool thing. So also they're hiring right now. So if you are... Uh, you know, if you're looking for a job in the e-commerce sector, if you're looking to make an impact in customer experience, just make sure you hit that link in the episode notes and, you know, try to uh, try to get a job and work for these guys. Enjoy the episode today. I'm very excited about this conversation today. Uh, Jordan is the VP of Success and Partnerships for Mulberry Technology. And the reason why I wanted to talk to Jordan today is because their company is covering a very, very hidden part of uh, customer experience but before we get into that jordan please tell us more about who you are and uh, how did you get into e-commerce
1: yeah hi thank you so much for having me i'm very excited to be here um so um who am i well (laughs) um so my journey into e-commerce um i guess i don't know probably pretty traditional i actually went to school to be an engineer a developer started my career um Building web based applications and websites, uh, but really wanted to kind of. Um, I, I just noticed there were a lot of holes between people that were technical um, and spoke kind of technical language, and then um, folks that knew the business side really well, the commercial side. And so, in my first role um, out of college, I was helping to kind of bridge that gap at a company called Conductor. They're in the marketing technology space. Originally, you know, really focused on SEO. And obviously we did a lot with e-commerce companies there because SEO, of course. Um, and so I got into a client facing role where it's working with companies to you know, guide their content strategy and SEO strategy specifically. Moved over then to work at a full service digital marketing agency called iAcquire, um, that again works with a lot of e commerce, not exclusively e commerce, but a lot of e commerce on just optimizing kind of online presence. Um, and then moved over um, to work at a company called uh, TrustPilot, um, which is another e commerce SaaS kind of in the marketing tech space. Again, not just e commerce, but a lot very e commerce heavy. Where we were focused on building online trust um, via reviews, uh, online reviews, um, and so spent, you know, a long time kind of um, uh, just w- during a very critical time when marketing technology and e-commerce trends, especially those around um, SEM and and building your online brand, were really, really changing. The Landscape was really changing, um, and it was so clear that given. In all these trends with consumers wanting to kind of take control and um, really choose the business that they were going to spend their money with um, based on who could provide the best service because there got to be so many places where you could ultimately buy the same product. Um, So um, it was a really interesting time in, in the landscape. So, um, then I actually went on to spend a few years at a little company called WeWork. Maybe you've heard of it a little bit outside of the e-commerce space. Uh, and then finally, um, landed at Mulberry. So a little bit of a windy road, uh, but it's just, it's a really amazing space to be in e-commerce right now. Um, there's still so much room to innovate, I think. Um, and you know, what we're starting to see is the con- Convergence of offline and online shopping and consumer behaviors and and a continuation of a buyer journey across both You know omni-channel not even a thing anymore really just one channel like the world and everybody's you know Buyer journey being really specific and different to that. So, um, so yeah, really excited to be here as I said
0: yeah so you 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 switched a lot of uh, roles but somehow you have always been i guess uh, in uh, contact with the with the you know the customer experience part of the you know of the of the business so Um, I mean, I know what Mulberry does because I researched, of course, before, um, you know, I invited you and uh, uh, before the podcast. But tell us more about what is the problem that uh, Mulberry is fixing for the e-commerce, you know, e-commerce industry for the merchants. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think the best way to describe the problem that Mulberry is trying to solve for merchants is actually starting with the consumer side, which is um, Mulberry is selling um, products which are extended product protection and warranties. And that is really a subcategory within insurance that really has not been innovated against in a long time. So mm-hmm. if you're a consumer, maybe your last experience with an extended product protection plan or warranty was maybe you bought yourself a nice new coffee maker, you got the box, you opened it up, there was like a postcard in it that yeah. said you could fill it out with a pen and mail it in to you know, redeem your extended warranty or something like that. Um, obviously it was just really ripe for innovation i think a lot of consumers you know not maybe didn't even have a positive or a negative connotation with extended warranties and product protection maybe just nothing just like what's that um there was just a lack of transparency and education for consumers so mulberry saw an opportunity to really innovate against how those products are sold um and the way that they saw to do it was to actually partner with with merchants and mostly online retailers um to build in the purchase of these items right into the existing buyer journey um existing e-commerce buyer journey um and there's just a lot of positives to that first of all the consumer getting the protection plan that they actually need based on the product that they're buying the consumer having exposure to and really understanding the coverage um the extended warranty especially as it compares to the manufacturer's warranty or limited warranty if there is one um, and then of course um, a much more seamless buying per journey for the consumer where they do not have to separately register for their extended product protection or warranty that they can just um, through buying their item add you know the product protection to part um, and then um, no additional registration is needed um, and so mulberry just saw a huge opportunity to partner with e-commerce retailers and in the same way kind of democratize the availability of offering these types of programs to all retailers you know for a long time um offering these types of programs was something only really really big companies could afford to do um it was a long arduous process to partner with an insurance company to offer these plans to go through every single SKU that you sold, every single item you sold, and match it to um, you know a protection plan that made sense, uh, and of course the whole compliance and legal side, you know, making sure that you're licensed to sell these plans in every state. Every state, you know, let alone every country, has their own rules around it. Um, so what you had was you had really big companies like Best Buy and Amazon who are able to offer these, and then really anybody below that you know the scale and the the resources and even the money that was required to get one of these stood up just didn't make sense um and so it just became one more thing that was kind of like tough for a new especially like a smaller e-commerce shop to get into the world is you know if if you're selling an item that a consumer can go buy on amazon and on amazon they can get you know two additional years of product protection or whatever then they would just go there. And it, it it was just a huge bummer that smaller e-commerce shops or even medium sized e-commerce shops couldn't um, stand up one of these programs and therefore were missing that piece of differentiation from larger retailers. So um, Mulberry basically focused on two areas, completely innovating the consumer experience as it relates to buying and later engaging with these programs, so claims process, et cetera. And then, secondly, building a set of integration tools that make it extremely easy and extremely fast for online retailers of any size um, to offer these through their existing buyer journeys, and subsequently get the benefit of additional revenue, um, a better customer experience for their consumers. You know, not missing out on having this available to their consumers in the first place, um, and hopefully, you know, building a cycle where consumers are, you know uh brand loyal to that retailer for a very long time because if your item breaks which items do you know if you're able to get a replacement for no additional charge because you have one of these plans that's going to be a much better experience and keep you in that company's ecosystem than having to look elsewhere so that was a lot of words but that's that's the general idea
0: i just i just want to like uh basically uh condense what you said to the fact that you guys saw uh an opportunity opportunity in the non non consumption area where you know people like smaller brands or e-commerce direct to consumer brands didn't have access to this uh you know possibility to offer their consumers this uh, extra safety net uh, and then you guys found, you know, a place to go and innovate there So you gave access to smaller brands to the opportunity of you know playing the same type of convenience card as Amazon is and other uh, other companies, so I think it's really cool. I'm always a fan of new market innovation and um, I want to talk to you a bit about the customer journey in general like um, customer journey has become a very popular topic in the last maybe months, because before it wasn't that sexy to talk about it. So I want to ask you from your, uh, you know, from what you see from the e-commerce companies that you work with, do you think uh, e-commerce companies, direct to consumers companies have a smooth customer journey? What's your opinion on how it's done so far?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think e-commerce companies are doing a great job in just trying to challenge a lot of the assumptions around what an e-commerce customer journey should be and trying to continue to innovate and improve it and um that has especially been challenged during COVID, when there's been so many problems with inventory and shipping delays and um you know And so I think people have really started to think outside of the box. Um, And I've just been so impressed with the e commerce space generally um, and continuing to innovate there. You know, first of all, um, in a lot of technologies and kind of um, experience related issues around the actual like purchasing the item, more transparency, more options um, for consumers uh you know being able to obviously save like payment information just make things a lot smoother and easier especially mobile friendly also which has been in the works for a while a lot of retailers um even taking on producing their own apps and things like that um to make an either even smoother mobile experience um and then also post-purchase i think you know for a long time there there was a thought that like the customer journey ended with checking out and thank you for buying, um, but mm-hmm. it doesn't, right? There's, there's until the item is in the hands of the consumer, which nowadays could be longer than usual due to COVID delays. Um, there's a lot of space there to do to do cool stuff with consumers to give them even more transparency to what's happening um, with their item and um, and giving them more ways to engage with the brand, whether it's advocacy type things like writing reviews, whether it's um, you know downloading an app if there's an experiential, you know uh component to the item you know one interesting subcategory in e-commerce that's really been blowing up and i think that's been really leading the charge in a lot of this innovation is at home like exercise equipment because you know with covid people going to gyms which was, was less of a reality um and so um you know really creating uh like a 360 degree consumer experience that just doesn't involve just getting your peloton bike or your mirror you know workout equipment or whatever it is but creating a lot more experiences and engagement with the community through an app, uh, I think has been so neat to see. And I think other companies are starting to look at that too. Um, you look at companies that traditionally have sold home decor and furniture, they're starting to create a design community. Right. And it's, it's really, I think it's bringing together some of the concepts that, We traditionally seen, you know, content marketing. Here's content that we write for consumers. Then separately, we had this e-commerce journey and cart, et cetera, and really starting to just bring it all together in one continuous experience for consumers. Um, And it's just been really, really neat to see. So um, I've been so impressed with with everyone innovating and um, you know, always excited to see what's next for e-commerce.
0: So um, I uh, it's 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 awesome because you're very positive about it, which is good because you're uh, you're 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 kind of giving me some sort of that positivity. Uh, I'm always, you know, like uh, the 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 devil as advocate, and you know, I like to ask questions that create, uh, you know, meaning and uh, contrast. So um, I uh, I have a friend. That um, says uh, that talks about this concept uh, of a customer journey versus company journey. So, the company journey is to get the consumer to buy, obviously, that's it by all means. And the customer journey uh, reflects basically um, some sort of path that is convenient for the consumer, is transparent for the consumer, and it's personalized based on the consumer's uh, choices. So I think what you guys are doing it's somehow tapping into that consumer journey the real one not the company's journey but i want to i want to ask you uh, one question so when you guys emerged in the market with the solution how uh, did the e-commerce uh, uh how, how did the direct to consumer brands reacted to it were they reluctant in the beginning were were uh, they just embraced the solution fast
1: yeah i mean i think there was a a little bit of tradition just because it's something new it traditionally has like some legal uh, um, you know baggage attached to it that can be intimidating to a small brand Um, and I think more than anything anybody that is in e-commerce knows that your to-do list of things that you want to get done to build a better customer journey to get more revenue whatever it is it just it never ends right you never you never check off everything it's a growing list and you have limited hours in the day and limited resources to implement them so i think the biggest hesitation that we saw was just where should this fall in my priority list i you know a lot of e-commerce shops these days are you know have very small staffs especially in comparison to kind of what they're selling and, and the consumer bases that they, they have. And um, and so it's it's a prioritization thing. Right. Is this worthwhile? And, you know, the last thing they want is to implement something that's going to add more items to their to do list. So I think, you know, when we first launched, it was us really understanding, well, what are um, you know, what are the resources that are available and how can we make this as lightweight as humanly possible, both for the initial Integration and launch, and then the ongoing support of both the technical side, but also the customer journey and customer support side. Um, we want it to be as close to something as set it and forget it as possible. But set it and forget it doesn't really exist in e-commerce because you should be always integrating and looking for ways to optimize. So anyone says that says they have a set it and forget it e-commerce solution, I would you know call them out on that because I don't think that's something. But if you can get it to a place where it's lightweight to launch where there isn't risk associated with it where there isn't risk where it's going to um hinder the existing customer journey where it's additive where it feels cohesive and seamless to your existing buyer journey and your branding that you spent so much time and energy on um and where any iteration and optimization over time is really really easy and seamless as well that's what we tried to build to overcome that um with retailers because um E-commerce retailers to do lists, they're just they're not getting shorter, they're just getting longer. Um, And so that's the approach we really tried to take. And we've we've seen it be really, really successful um, in the sense that even post launch, a lot of the optimization um, of the program that can be done completely by us um, without having to take precious hours uh, and resources from the retailer. So that's been the main hesitation. Uh, for merchants is just the resource involved and where should this go in my existing priority list? Um, yeah. And I think our point is uh, The best time to launch one of these programs to offer these products to your consumers is today or it's actually yesterday But since you can't do Yesterday because we don't have time machines invented Today is the, is the because if consumers are looking for this product um, and they can find it elsewhere Um, you know, that could be the difference between a conversion and a non conversion. So, yeah.
0: So what are, your, what are some, um, I guess, some verticals that you guys are working with primarily? Because uh, I like what you have in your uh, header message on the website. It says, uh, drop spills, scratches, and surges. And this makes me think automatically about the you know, consumer packaged goods industry, where you know, it's a lot of food, it's a lot of beverages, it's a lot of you know, products that are perishable. So uh, is this one of your uh, you know, top uh, users for your, uh, for your technology?
1: Yeah, so mainly durable goods that are involved in the home and kitchen. Those that's our biggest. So, furniture, rugs, mattresses, appliances, um, workout equipment. As I mentioned, so not the actual food and beverage, but the things that are, can be impacted by them. Um, you know, a lot of us have been cooped up in our, our homes for the last twelve months uh, with pets, with small children, and um, you know, obviously they they introduce a lot of accidents um so we do have a lot of ranging coverage um options you know for an appliance where maybe um a spill or a tear isn't as relevant and it's more protect extending the length of the appliance which you want to last mm-hmm. a long time um we have coverage for that and then separately things like rugs and mattresses which are very susceptible to life's accidents um we do have coverage that includes uh, you know any any accidents that could happen as well Um, luggage and baggage is huge as well Um, you know people really I think there's a um, real interesting trend in that space of people wanting to buy really high quality luggage that's gonna last a long time but obviously once you hand over your luggage to that airline employee it's you know future is a little out of your hands so having that security with that Jewelry and watches. Um, obviously, these are things that often have a lot of um, not only monetary value, but sentimental value. People really want to take care of those items. So those are some of our biggest verticals, but it's really anything, any durable good that either could be very susceptible to accidents um, or you know, the, the consumer really wants to know that that item has a long life ahead of it. Just like you know, if you're investing in a really nice coffee maker or toaster oven or air fryer, those are very hot right now, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, consumer electronics um, and that consumer electronics, I feel like is the category that's most associated with this area, you know, people invest in uh, whatever electronic item they want to to get. And you really want to expect that 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 item works for a long time. So that's obviously a big category as well.
0: Yeah, you don't want to take no chances when you spend and drop a lot of money on a phone or or on TV or uh, whatever. Yeah, I, I totally get it. So uh, in your opinion right now... Um I mean i look at the market you see a lot of retailers a lot of brick and mortars right that are moving to the direct to consumer space and i guess uh to your uh uh, to your uh, constellation with mulberry the retailers are used to giving a warranty because you can get that in the store you buy a product you get that in the store so they won't have issues adopting your solution while while going online but still um since there is such a rise of retailers trying to go to to direct-to-consumers uh direct-to-consumer space what do you think are the biggest challenges that they uh that they have and you know like what's your uh what's your take on uh you know trend that's happening right now
1: yeah um i mean i think it's amazing that a lot more brands are um you know, getting out of just kind of the constant reseller um, cycle and trying to go direct to consumer, there's a lot of challenges that come with that. Uh, first of all, brand awareness and just getting a following for your brand, um, especially if traditionally you've sold, you know, through Amazon or another reseller, um, I think is number one because it can be very expensive. Um, you know, and it it can be when you're starting from square one with direct to consumer marketing. Um, You don't have a lot of the foundational knowledge and research um, around who your consumer set is um, Especially the consumer set that's going to be most efficient for you to spend your money on and go directly to You don't have a ton of information probably on your lifetime value and things like that Um, So it's difficult to know as you start getting into new marketing channels um, When you are going direct to consumer kind of where where to spend your money and what's going to be worthwhile What's going to show you ROI? all you can do there is start right all you can do there is start try out different channels and see how it goes it's going to take experimentation it's going to take time um having you know a good idea of your brand voice and and image going into that is really important so you don't have to shift (laughs) later on um which can obviously undo some of the investment that you've already made and, and you know time you've already spent on it um so i think that's probably the first challenge Um, The second challenge is going to be getting all of the infrastructure and tools in place that um, if you were previously reselling through a distribution partner were already taken care of. So, you know, if you were, um, you know, selling inventory to a distribution partner and then they were taking care of everything from there, there was probably a lot of vendors and technologies that they already had in place um, that just took care of a lot of things uh, for you, you know, both around shipping and fulfillment. and you know all the customer journey elements that we've kind of been discussing post purchase, especially. So getting those in place, obviously, if you work with an e-commerce platform that has um and you know a a, a lot of partners or apps or what have you, that's a great first place to look. Um, because assuming you know, if you don't have a full time engineering staff or what, or maybe even a dedicated engineer at all, um, you know, using things that are out of the box seamlessly integrate with your existing e-commerce platform is going to be. A really big deal, um, and obviously that's something that Shopify really did well. Um, is that they recognized that not only did the actual standing up of the e-commerce shop um, and website need to be easy and seamless, but all of the tangential technologies um, that needed to plug into it also needed to be um, equally as seamless. And the way they did that was building um, just an enormous, you know, um, partnership. Um, Program with lots of apps that are very easy to get, you know, up and running with without needing technical resource. Um, so, you know, choosing the right e-commerce platform for you from the beginning that gives you the flexibility you're going to want as you scale and grow, but also has, um, you know, a lot of plug-and-play type options. I think it's really, really, really important. Um, and then I think another challenge, obviously, is is the customer support side, right? Um, if you're starting an e-commerce uh, shop for the first time, um, making sure that you're standing up all the necessary customer support um, in a way that's scalable, but also not overkill for the state of the business that you're in and the amount of business that you're getting, it's really important. I do think building it in house is critical. Um, you know, outsourcing support is tricky. Um, Obviously, you're going global. It could be a good option from the start, but um, you know, starting to build that that practice in-house, I think, is is really really valuable. So, and important, just to make sure you have kind of full control of it. So, those are a few areas I think of initial um, consideration for either a retailer that's going from brick and mortar to e-commerce, or a retailer that's going from only exclusively using distribution partners to selling. Directly online, uh, but there's lots to think about. Um, but there's more yeah. tools and resources out there than ever before for folks to take advantage of. So, so what that's, are that's some of your favorite
0: tools? What are your, some, you know, what are some of your favorite tools besides you? What you guys are doing? What uh, what's your like top three favorite tools uh, that are available right now for merchants?
1: Oh my gosh, um, you know it's tough for me to choose and individual brands, I I think in Ed, I'll plead the fifth because we have a lot of partners and stuff and and (laughs) choose kind of what are the top tools that you want to think of going early on. Obviously your e-commerce platform is number one Um, and you know Shopify has obviously done an incredible job. There's lots of other options out there too and headless implementations are obviously now being really hot, giving yourself more flexibility down the line. Um, So choosing the right one there, there's lots of great options. Um, we have retailers that love Magento, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, even Wix is leveling up their e commerce um, abilities. Um, and those are just the big ones. There's a lot of great ones out there. Um, I I think the second, you know, another really important technology that you want to invest in um, is whatever kind of your back end fulfillment system is going to be, whether you're going with a just more traditional mess, um, you know, or uh, just a fulfillment provider, depending on kind of the complexity of what you're selling versus having to do a full-scale ERP system. Um, And definitely also a really good email platform. Um, Most of our retailers work with Klaviyo or um, MailChimp are really popular. But something that's super flexible, out of the box, so you can create incredible customer engagement and journeys right from the start. I think that's a really important one. Obviously, choosing a reviews provider. I used to work in reviews, so I always advocate. But the sooner you start collecting reviews, the sooner you have a lot. <laughs> um, and reviews are absolutely critical um, you know, to be able to sell nowadays online and to build that credibility. So you know, you really want to start collecting reviews from the very, very beginning, uh, um, even if it's scary. I know inviting the feedback is scary. Uh, but it's really important. you got to build them up. Um, Absolutely. so those yeah. are some of my favorite technologies. I know I've got big brands, but there's so many That's great cool. vendors out there. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it's a lot of opportunity in the market right now when, uh, the e-commerce tech and the market in e-commerce has been exploding in the last, uh, in the last three years. And, uh, I think we're experiencing some amazing, uh, uh, you know, amazing, uh, growth in e-commerce and, uh, talking about that. Uh, I want to know, uh, cause we're, we're heading to the end and I just want to like as my last question work related because then i want to just ask you something more personal so uh, the last question regarding the e-commerce uh, part is like what are like some things that really excite you right now when it comes to the e-commerce industry given everything that's happening with uh, you know the facebook uh, ios uh, uh, you know uh, the third party data extinction whatever is happening right now in e-commerce yeah. what is something that really excites you
1: yeah <laughs> I think, um, oh man! I think two things that really excite me about like what's coming in commerce. One is the whole um, creating really experiential and um, just really interesting customer journeys that don't end with receiving your item, right? Um, The whole idea of having a community built into um, your customer base to offering. Services um, or how-to's or you know workout classes, whatever it might be, um, is so cool, and I love to see that more retailers are getting creative with how they can continue to engage with customers past the point of delivery. Um, and there's just so much opportunity there, and you know the types of brand fans and advocates that you can build. When you continue to engage with your customers in a really interesting way and continue to add value to their lives beyond the point of delivery um is really exciting i mean you see people out there like you know all of the peloton users out there that are sharing their favorite peloton classes and instructors like they're obviously not getting paid to do so and i doubt they're even being asked to do so they're just doing it because they love it so much and it's become Part of their life and part of their identity as a consumer, um, and as a person, um, and that's just like so freaking amazing. Um, so I can't wait to see what else people do. And even as a consumer myself, I'm ex- like, I if I love something that I buy, I want to engage with them in more interesting ways. I want to advocate for them. Um, so if 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 a brand gives me the opportunity to do so, I'm excited to take advantage of it. Um, so I think that's probably the area that, that I'm most excited about. Yeah.
0: Okay, that sounds awesome. So, talking about excitement, um, I always ask this—you uh, know, you know—at the end, we have been through some crazy last year years, and it's—it's it's like the last fifteen to sixteen months have been a mess so working from home separated team everything you know that's happening right now how do you feel as a human being outside of e-commerce what do you do to handle you know all the stress of working remotely and uh, i guess being away from your team and lockdowns and children and online schools so what are some things that you learned to do to cope better with all the craziness around that you can share with our audience. Maybe they can learn something that they can you know, use to cope themselves.
1: Yeah, um, oh my gosh. I mean, it has been a journey, definitely. Um, I think some of the things that have personally helped me is first of all, just like, looking at all of our relationships a different way. Um, when you aren't able to be physically with people, um, you know, it just made us so much more just refocus on relationships that are really important through just staying in touch and new new and different ways that you can stay in touch um you know with both family and friends um and just having a lot of gratitude for those relationships and and all of the ways that technology nowadays can allow us to to stay in touch has been um really really amazing um i think also Taking for granted, like just spending time, even with you know your coworkers, because so many of us that did work in an office setting before and are now forced to be remote, um, you can't as much take for granted um, the time that you spend with your coworkers, just finding out more about them, um, and you know vibing as kind of people and not just getting things done at work. So spending dedicated time getting to know um, your coworkers has been really, really nice, especially because so many people did start new jobs or new work journeys during COVID. Um, so, you know, what that kind of looks like. Um and I think, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the things I'm referencing is saying, you know, being thankful for technology and allowing us to to be in touch in new ways, but also the time that this has given us to actually get offline and and um spend time at home and with our obviously immediately families immediate family we are with um all the time and just finding new ways to engage with our families that you know isn't centered around technology has been really um amazing as well so i guess a lot of it's just around relationships and and what's actually important to keeping relationships um going and moving forward and feeling close and connected to people whether it's from work or family or friends um or your kids um had so much time to spend with my my son um and it's been so amazing to to spend that time and to just really have dedicated time to watch him grow up um although also very challenging at times as well obviously um so you know being really intentional about how we spend our time and keep everything in balance so i don't know if that's exactly answering your question but those are some of the things that have really been important to me over the past 12 months uh and hopefully things no, that will stay I'm with, with you. me
0: you know even i'm with you 100 i think it, we kind of like started to besides you know uh, consolidating relationships or uh, rediscovering relationships we also I guess had more time to rediscover ourselves and how we perceive different things or how we see different things. So I guess it was like more more of an introspection period in a way. Besides all the craziness and you know the ugly part of it, I think it was also a chance for us to deal with our own shit, <laughs> you know, because we, you you get to see yourself uh, and you, you're it's like there's no more escape, you know. And uh, I think uh, all of us. Uh, have learned a lot of lessons throughout this uh, this last uh months so because because we reached the end i want to i want to ask you where can people find you where they can where they can uh, you know get in touch with you to learn more about mulberry because we have a lot of merchants listening yeah. to the podcast so i'm sure they would be more interested to learn how they can get in touch with you
1: yeah no definitely and and even if it's not about mulberry i i obviously like to talk about e-commerce and nerd out and geek out with people that are into it as well so um yeah please connect um my email is just jordan j-o-r-d-a-n spelled like the country or like michael uh get mulberry.com or i'm on linkedin jordan garner g-a-r-n-e-r hit me up connect with me um you know i'm on social media too but i would say emailing me or hitting me up on linkedin is probably the best way to get in touch um but yeah of course if you're emerging even if you're not sure if you're ready to uh, offer a program like this you know feel free to reach out and we can have an informal chat um we're also hiring a lot um shameless bug for hiring we have all kinds of roles um engineering so please 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 if you want a really cool job and work with a really smart group of people (laughs) yeah
0: This podcast was brought to you by Vitex. VTEX is the first and only fully integrated e-commerce marketplace and OMS solution that offers fastest time to revenue and no upgrades ever. So go ahead, check them out, vtex.com.